Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of CXCast, Sam Stern. We do have two colleagues on the line from our San Francisco office. Hello to Kelly Price and Gina Ballwalker. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. And what we invited you to join us to talk about today was research you've been working on about better ways to plan customer research. Kelly, let's start with you. What is sort of the the motivation? What are some of the ways clients express this challenge or questions about planning customer research that sort of was motivating to, to work on this research with Gina? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things with that. Um, the first is just in general with obviously like day-to-day interactions with clients who are looking to understand their customers better. And what I find, and I think what Gina has found through her work as being many years as a practitioner, is that oftentimes when you are working with people who don't have a strong background or foundation in research, the tendency to think about it from a methodological approach as opposed to a problem-solving approach. So I get a lot of questions from clients saying, you know, we want to start doing usability testing or we want to run focus group or we want to do, you know, insert X. And there's not as much thought put to the upfront real challenge, which is what problem are we actually trying to solve? What's the questions that we're trying to answer? What information do we already have about that? And what's our best path forward to get the insights that we need to actually drive better decision making and ultimately uh, create better experiences? And then what led to the specific manifestation of this report and the research plan canvas that Gina and I have put together is um, earlier this year at our forum in New York, we built a workshop addressing just that. How do you take a challenge that you have as a customer experience professional and formulate that into a solid research question and a research plan? And it seemed to resonate really strongly with the attendees of that workshop as a new way for many of them of thinking about how do I actually address the challenges that I have from a really research-based perspective. So we wanted to take that and turn it into something that could benefit more of our clients and be a tool that they can use um, you know, across the projects that they're working on. Yeah, and I'll just add one comment to that. You know, when we speak with researchers, one of the things we often hear is, you know, I did this really great research project. Um, we, you know, extracted all these insights. Um, maybe, you know, they developed some really interesting ways to socialize the research, but then nothing actually happened with it. And so one of the things we wanted to do with the research plan canvas is help people kind of better ground themselves in things like, why am I even doing this research? What metrics am I trying to drive with it? Um, because in doing so, you're going to make sure that your research is actually put to work within your organization and is successful. And so the research canvas gave us a way to really articulate what are some of those upfront things that you should be thinking about and capturing to ensure long-term success for your research efforts. Yeah, I love that. You're sort of getting at two things there in terms of the importance of planning. One is, let's make sure we're not just getting excited about a method or you know some cool thing that some other firm did or, or a colleague did and trying to just apply that, but we actually have real problems that we want answers to or real questions we want answers to. And then two is we actually have a plan. We know what we're going to do with the data afterward, as you said, but also that we can know if we were successful, right? Did this research work? What did we set out to learn? Did we learn it? Do we have good insights? Are we able to take action on it? Without a plan, you wouldn't really, there's nothing to compare what you got with what you planned to get or what you hoped to get or what you needed to get, right? So you're giving us a lot there about the importance of having a good plan for your research. Exactly. So how do you advise our clients to develop a plan that's actually going to help them do better research? We try to boil it down into really four key sets of questions that you need to be asking yourselves. Um, we call it kind of the why, what, how, and who of planning research. Um, and why, in the report, why, what, how, and who? 
Yes. So it starts with why, right, which is all about clarifying the reasons that you're even talking about research. Um, so that hits at things like what is the business context, right? Um, what is it that's driving you to plan this particular research effort? And part of that also is what are the success metrics that you're going to use to understand whether your research is successful. So, for example, if the business context is, you know, your digital team is undertaking a site redesign and they want to have research to understand what users need in the website, that would be the business context, but then you also need to understand what are the metrics that you will be held accountable to and that the research will inform. So that might be the percentage of users that convert, you know, from a particular area of the site or something like that. So that why area is really about understanding that context and success metrics associated with that business context as well. And then, so the what is, you know, once you understand that business context, defining, okay, well, what what is research actually being used for as it relates to that business context? So that really comes down to defining, you know, what are the goals of the research? For example, are you trying to understand patterns in customer behaviors? Are you trying to understand needs of customers that aren't being met by your firm today? So those overarching goals that the research is going to help dig into. And then from there, defining specific research questions. And um, I know when Kelly and I were um, planning the workshop uh, related to this report, we spent a lot of time talking about research questions and really emphasizing that to the workshop attendees because really the questions are what's going to drive the particular research methods that you select. So, for example, in the report, we talk about a example of a website redesign for an investment firm. So, defining questions that you have for the research to inform that redesign. So, things like, what are the patterns in customer saving history, right, that we could potentially design tools to support on the website? Or, you know, what are particular factors that influence how customers save and how could we speak to those, right, in the content that we develop? So, nailing down those specific questions is a key component of the what of research. Um, and then one last comment I'll make there yeah. is when you get to the point of research questions that I think our clients sometimes overlook, I know I did when I was a, a research practitioner, is asking yourself, do we have existing research that answers these questions? Particularly in large organizations where you might have multiple research teams that are scattered throughout the firm, we see a lot of research teams answering questions that someone else has already dug into. So always starting by asking yourself, is there prior research, whether that's research that I have done or my team has done or that someone else in the organization has done that could be brought to bear in terms of answering these questions? If so, we don't need to allocate our precious research budget to answering those as part of this effort. So you are fitting onto uh, what you call the research canvas, is that right? Yes. So for our listeners, paint a picture, and for me, paint a picture as I'm not looking at it. What does the customer research canvas look like? Is it just incorporating all of these questions into one thing that a good CX pro and their colleagues might fill out? How do, how do you think about or how do you advise our clients to use the research canvas? Yeah, it's essentially a one-page document that takes all of these elements and makes it easy to glimpse that so that you can have a, that holistic understanding um, and communicate it easily, I think, to you know, the other people that are involved in this process. So basically, it kind of goes through how you should be thinking about this end-to-end process chronologically, as Gina mentioned, starting with the why, what is the business context of this, right? Research is or shouldn't ever be done just for the sake of research, unless you're in academia, I guess. <laughs> um, but in the context of business, right, you're always doing research and, you know, pursuit of something. And that is what I often see where 
researchers, they lose the support or the momentum that they really need within organizations because they don't have the degree of business acumen that they necessarily need of understanding where they fit in with the larger business context of the organization. So having that strong foundation of that piece. And then once you have that, moving into the what. Okay, once we know what that background is, again, as those elements that Gina was mentioning, what are we actually trying to do here? And then using that foundation and the altitude at which you're working in terms of the goals that you're trying to achieve, are we trying to address something that's a high-level strategy question or something that's much more tactical? And using that in-depth understanding to move forward to thinking about, okay, who do we need to be talking to? Who do we need to recruit? How are we going to incentivize them? And then as well as the methodological approach. So the canvas takes all these elements, the why, what is the background, the what, the objectives, the how, the approach that we're taking, uh, which would include things like participants and methods, and visualize it onto a single document so that you can see what all of these things look together. And also think about the fourth component, which is the who, which includes the stakeholders that you need to have engaged across the process, which is another piece that I often see people tend to not pay as much attention to as they should. And thinking about how different stakeholders need to be involved from end to end. So how do you need to be thinking about engaging business leaders, especially about framing the work that you're doing within the context of what you're trying to achieve as a business and thinking about how you can formulate the results that you're getting and link those back to the success metrics that the business cares about. Also, what subject matter experts can you pull into the process to help enhance your knowledge? And again, that's a part of that component of not just prior research, but what institutional knowledge do we have about what it is that we're trying to achieve, as well as the actual execution of the research itself. So who's facilitating this stuff? Who do we need to actually be involved in collecting that information? And then the fourth really key component of that stakeholder piece is what we're calling the implementers, which is, again, I think a piece that often falls by the wayside too often because Mm -hmm. any piece of research that you're doing ultimately is supposed to drive some type of change in some way or inform some type of decision. And if you're not including those people who are going to be the ones impacted by that decision in the research process so that there's a foundational understanding of why we're doing this and where this information is coming from, it becomes very difficult and people often run up against these roadblocks of people not understanding why this matters or why it's important and being very resistant to using that information to you know guide the decisions that they're making. That's sort of how all of this comes together and this might dovetail into a larger question, but part of this is that, you know, throughout a research project, there's typically multiple iterations as you learn more and more, and this kind of provides a way to move through a research project over time. It does sound like that would be a great exercise to go through to fill that out. It would be great to have it, but then the challenge is, as you revisit it over time, it might lose relevance, and you want to make sure it's a living document. So how do you think about keeping it updated or, or making, you know, multiple versions of it across the span of, of a project or multiple projects? I think that's actually a really critical element of the customer research canvas is that it needs to be flexible. So most projects, um, particularly projects that deserve research budget and attention, often span months, sometimes even years. And so what we encourage clients to do is chunk that up. For example, if you're supporting a strategic effort around overhauling your customer onboarding journey, um, maybe you you know, chunk that up into like three-month phases, right? So you start with saying, okay, you know, what's our research plan for just understanding what the onboarding journey is today, right? And kind of grounding 
that's in that foundational knowledge and what's working well and what the pain points are with that journey. And then once we get to that point and we kind of understand what we're dealing with and what's going to inform that future visioning work, then we can come back, you know, to the plan and say, okay, how are we going to use research to now make sure that those future state ideas that we come up with are hitting the mark? How are we going to engage customers in that process through research? So we definitely encourage, you know, teams to kind of think about it in that way. There are certain elements that may stay stable end to end. Um, For example, the business context probably isn't going to change. That's something that you'll capture and that will guide your research from now until the end of that project. But the research questions certainly will and should evolve as you, you know, begin to learn more um, as, as you get into the research process. And certainly your stakeholders as well, right? The stakeholders when you're in kind of a discovery portion of a project are probably going to be different than when you actually have workable prototypes that you're testing and iterating on when you're needing to bring in like engineers and developers. And so that changes over time and again emphasizes that point that this needs to be something that that you're coming back to on a regular basis. I actually think that one use case for the research canvas could be if you're a CX leader in an organization, maybe you manage a team of 10 to 12 researchers who are using the canvas to guide their particular research project. This could become a really good tool for, you know, that researcher and their researcher's leadership, you know, their boss, to actually kind of have check-ins and kind of touch base on how things are going with the projects. Again, it gives you this framework. It gives you somewhere to kind of ground those conversations that you're having um, amongst the different folks involved to, you know, ensure and, and, you know, kind of allow the manager to also provide guidance on, you know, oh, hey, I see you've gathered these insights. Have you gone back and revisited the questions based on that? And um, it can kind of help with those check-ins and conversations. Yeah, and I think it also helps maintain a degree of focus that can be lost, especially if you're going through a project, like, oh, let's jump on this thing. Like, we, right. we have this little question. <laughs> let's run this quick study and then not going back to that kind of grounding center of what is this really about? What do we actually know? What's our goal? What makes the most sense to do? Or are we just kind of wasting time and then often undermining the value of research, <laughs> which has much larger implications that we don't necessarily need to get into today. So it, it yeah. helps ground what you're working on in, again, that business objective and the specific objectives of the research and how that relates to how it's executed on um, that I think is important and sometimes difficult to maintain over the course of a large project. I love that point, Kelly, that the idea that part of being organized and diligent about connecting the research you're doing and you want to do to business purposes, business value, the larger context of in which you're operating is to ensure that the research is relevant and valuable and that people see it as that way so that it doesn't cheapen people's view of research in general. I think that's a really important point. If you're organized in, um, in this way and keep coming back to those core principles for why you're doing the research, you're much less likely to stray away from research that, that matters and is going to offer insights that the business finds valuable to apply. And so that, you know, almost by definition makes the research more useful, more interesting, more relevant, and therefore more valuable. Gina, question for you, who is this research canvas for? Who should think about using this and applying it? Yeah, so I think the really nice thing about the Research Canvas as a framework is it can help researchers of different levels. For example, even a seasoned researcher often can fall into the trap of resorting to the methods that they're most comfortable with or most familiar with. I think we've all had that challenge. And so even for that researcher, the Canvas, you know, gives them that kind of reminder of all of these things they should be thinking about and actually taking the time to put to paper and document as 
as well before they arrive at method selection. So that would be one example of that. I think also, too, going back to a point I was making earlier, for large research teams, this can also just give them a consistent framework to think about and document their research plans, you know, which can become really important. I talk about this with clients a lot when it comes to, like, you know, a CX training, right, and making sure everyone within the CX team has kind of a common vernacular that they're using and, and a common set of practices and methods. And we definitely see the canvas as being a way to drive consistency across the team so that whenever a stakeholder is talking to a CX researcher, they're encountering similar language and, and similar questions. And so, you know, it, it doesn't feel like I'm working with a different team every time I work with someone new, um, that sort of thing. And then certainly for those new to research, we see a lot of companies, I know Kelly writes about this a lot, who are training non-researchers on how to conduct research. Um, this becomes, I think, a very good teaching yeah. tool. You know, what are the best practices for planning research and how can you do that in kind of a methodical way where you don't skip any very important steps? Yeah, I love that. I can imagine sometimes the demand for ephemeral research or, you know, irrelevant research is probably generated by some of those uh, well-meaning but uh, maybe not so um, savvy colleagues of yours and colleagues of yours who sometimes who you don't want to upset, right? Because you're trying to uh, harness their interest and their passion for the research rather than, you know, squelch it because you tell them, well, that's not a valid study. If you can bring them to the canvas, then it's not cutting it off entirely. You're helping them ground it in research, you know, do research that actually makes a difference and matters. Um, Gina, question for you as a, as a practitioner before you joined Forrester, implied in, in this report is that the canvas is, is new, it's coming out now. What did you do without this? How, how did you try to organize your research? <laughs> Why is this only coming, you know, coming out now? I mean, good for you both for creating it and publishing it, but what was out there before? How, how did you try to organize your research? question. I think when Kelly and I wrote this report, I mean, we'll, we'll be the first ones to acknowledge that it's not a new concept. The concept of having a research plan is not new. Um, every research leader you talk to probably has something like this, right, that they, they work from. The challenge, though, sometimes, at least this was my experience when I was leading a research team, it actually took a lot of work, right, for, for me to sort of say, okay, what is that, you know, template that's going to capture, you know, and all of the kind of important elements that are needed how do I sort of, you know, push down this consistent template, right, throughout my team so that we're all working from the same framework? So I think for organizations that haven't gotten to that point yet, this will provide a good tool for them to kind of kick off their own efforts to create a framework that they can use in a repeatable fashion across the organization. I think compared to what I've seen as other kind of recommended templates, or if you just were to go online and like Google research plan template, it's more comprehensive. And I think in the main ways that it's more comprehensive are you know, most templates that I've seen or used, it's like they start with what's your questions, but it's like already starting at the point where you kind of know the scope at which you're working and then you're kind of moving forward from those questions to kind of selecting some methods and thinking about a lot of the logistics of executing on the research as opposed to having that more foundational grounding in the larger context of why this exists in the business and how you have to be thinking about this strategically as someone who's presumably trying to be a champion of research and customer experience within your organization. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but that I haven't really come across as a yeah. fundamental part of a research plan. And I think that for a lot of our clients in particular, many of whom who I talk to who are having to do research but aren't necessarily grounded in it or don't have a strong background, you know, knowing all this stuff up front, it basically sets people up for more success in the long run that they might not necessarily be thinking about at the beginning if they weren't to have this as a guide. Yeah. 
I think that's well said. Kelly, Gina, thank you both for joining us uh, from San Francisco and together in the same room. We appreciate it. We will post links to their report, which has the title, The Winning Way to Plan Customer Research. And it's all about using this new research canvas to make sure that you stay focused on the really important parts of why you're doing the customer research in the first place, the why, what, how, and who of your research efforts. Kelly and Gina, thank you so much. This is really interesting. And we'll talk to you all on next week's CX Cast. Goodbye for now. Thanks to our colleagues Amanda Chen for recording and mixing the episode and Will Wilsey for editing and publishing. And listeners, if you have questions, feedback, comments, or suggestions for new episodes, please email us at cxcast at forrester.com. And remember, your customers' perceptions are your customer experience reality.